0: We continue our rival reports with a look at a team that could sneak up on a lot of the teams that are presumably at the top of the Pacific Division. We'll talk about that next on Locked on LA Kings.
1: You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And if you like the content you're seeing, please like and subscribe. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked On LA Kings, and I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years. The past 20 plus years i have been at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL analyst, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the last 16 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. As I mentioned, we continue our rival reports and we would like to welcome in the host of Locked on Canucks. It is Justin Pooney. And uh, Justin, I know you were uh, obviously a Vancouver native, and uh, that is the only Canadian city that I have had the pleasure of visiting. And it was one of the most beautiful cities I have ever seen. I absolutely loved it. I got up there to see a Canucks-Ducks uh, game uh, because my uh, wife and I were visiting Seattle and uh, uh, thought, let's just drive up and see if we can't catch a game and check out Vancouver uh, what a what an amazing city. Just beautiful. Eddie, you
1: said it perfectly. Vancouver, <laughs> as I've always... People that know me, that get on me and stuff like that, that say I'm a, too much of a Vancouver homer. Well, have you ever been to Vancouver and seen what it's like? So echo all your sentiments about how beautiful the city is. I've been to LA a few times. Uh, too much traffic for my liking. But the weather is very beautiful. I will take that over uh, the months of rain we do get in Vancouver. But... I digress. Uh, and also, it's a pleasure to join you and talk some hockey, Kings and Canucks.
0: Uh, I'm excited. Uh, great. We're excited to have you. So just a little uh, bit of uh, you know background on the Canucks from last season. Finished fifth in the Pacific Division, five points out of a playoff spot. And a lot of people seem to be pretty high on the Canucks this year being a team that's in the hunt for a playoff spot again. And I think a lot of it is because of what happened once a coaching change was made. Bruce Boudreau came in, somebody we're familiar with down here who was coach of the Anaheim Ducks, uh, and the team was 8-14-2 when he took over, uh, and then he went 32-15-10 and the rest of the way, and if you project that out over 82 games, and I'm not great at math, but I believe that's 106 points, and that would have been good enough for second in the Pacific Division, so is it just that simple, Justin, that Bruce Boudreaux for a full season means the Canucks are a playoff team? I'd like to think so.
1: Um, you know, we, as you mentioned, we saw at the beginning of last year where there was, you know, certain expectations, myself included, where I felt this team was, you know, a playoff caliber, you know, roster. I didn't expect your LA Kings to kind of pop off the way they did. Nobody kind of expected Calgary or uh, Edmonton to kind of, you know, rise to the top of the division. It was kind of Vegas and see what else. Um, but the Canucks, quite frankly, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, uh, They quit. Uh, on Travis green at the beginning of the year. And it was very evident that a change was needed. And you know, you guys went through that with Daryl Sutter that you sometimes in a locker room messaging just gets stale and it's time for a change. So the Canucks got that change. They brought in Bruce Boudreaux. And as you mentioned, Eddie, they went on a hot streak and it, I don't want to say, I wouldn't say it's a hot streak because 57 games is a pretty large sample size where they were on pace to, like you said, average over a hundred points. Um, when I look at this roster as currently constituted, when I look at the way Bruce, Bruce Boudreau wants to play, um, I do think it can be that simple that a full year of Boudreau, a full year of his system and his teaching and the way he wants to play implemented with this roster, um, I do think it can translate to a playoff uh, berth for the Canucks.
0: Well, it wasn't just a coaching change, but a front office change as well. Um, they brought in Jim Rutherford, a veteran hockey guy. As the president of hockey operations, he's uh, put together a few Stanley Cup winners. Also, Patrick Alvin is the new general manager. So with them in place uh, running the team, uh, are you satisfied with the moves the Canucks made over the offseason? I know they brought in Ely Mikheyev from Toronto uh, to try and help out offensively. What do you think about the the moves that they made. I know it wasn't a very busy offseason per se, but uh, some tinkering with the lineup a little bit. It was, it was busier than I expected. Hmm. As you mentioned, they did sign
1: Ilya Mikheyev uh, to, you know, a four year, $4.75 million deal, which uh, was almost, oh, sorry, near $5 million uh, a dollar deal. Uh, I don't think anybody expected the Canucks to go for that big of a ticket for that type of term, given our current cap structure or their current cap structure. Um, they signed Curtis Lazar, You know a fourth-line center, who is a British Columbia native, who I think can add some much-needed help to the penalty kill alongside Ilya Mikheyev, who is a speed demon in the NHL. Um, but the biggest question still is, what's going to happen with JT Miller, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of still that cloud that's hanging over um, this organization, this whole offseason. Well, what's going to happen next? Okay, well, there's not a lot of cap dollars left. Yes, you can put Tucker Pullman, and Michael Furland on LTIR open up a little bit more cap space. But the Canucks, as currently constructed are kind of capped out, and they can't do much more. Um, so am I okay with what they did? Yes. They're a better team, I think, than they were at the end of last season. Um, can there is there still a lot of work to be done? Yes, especially on the back end and on, on the right side. Uh, the Canucks, that's the weakest area of their roster. They did not address it yet. Um, I've been a big proponent of bringing in a guy like P.K. Subban on a cheap one-year deal prove it deal let him re- you know regain his maybe not norris trophy form but his form where he can be an effective defenseman because he's been in new jersey uh, and let's face it new jersey in the nhl uh, is a wasteland your career goes there to you know people don't pay attention to new jersey especially over the last couple of years so can you get a motivated pk suban or something like that to bolster your roster so Am I happy? Yes, but there's still a lot of work to be done to get this roster and this organization to where it needs to be.
0: Well, I definitely want to get more into the J.T. Miller situation because, as you said, that is uh, obviously a big cloud hanging over everything right now. But there was a name that I think maybe a lot of fans don't know that I did want to bring up, and that's Andre Kuzmenko who has joined the Canucks. He comes over from Russia. Uh, Maybe a bit of a wild card for you guys uh, this season. Yeah.
1: um, Of course, we all know Kuzmenko went on that – felt like forever uh, you know excursion throughout North America touring all the different cities that were interested we saw them in Florida Detroit, Edmonton you know he was in Vancouver posting on his on his Instagram and all of that and the Canucks won those sweepstakes which uh, is a positive for this organization which let's face it um, you know it is a media fishbowl and you know certain players have come and said that it's very difficult to play in. and I agree with that if you look at the landscape of the NHL uh, Vancouver, maybe next to Montreal is the toughest market to play in in the NHL, just with the expectation from fans, the media coverage and all of that. It weighs a lot on players. But having Kuzmenko choose Vancouver showed a changing of the times per se. You, As you mentioned, the Canucks have a new front office regime and, you know, Bruce Boudreau, and they were able to sell Andre Kuzmenko on why Vancouver is the best for him to start his nhl career and this is a player who put up a lot of points in the khl in russia a guy who can slot into your top six who can you know uh, we're all hoping can contribute offensively i don't i think there will be a bit of a learning curve as for any player coming to the nhl right away um he's not going to be a you know a 50 to 60 point player right away i think if he can score 20 goals maybe add 25 assists hover around like i just mentioned the 45 to 50 point range this year Um, that will be a positive. Um, now on the other hand, he could be a bust a la Fabian brunstrom But from all reports and all scouting indication, Andre Kuzmenko is a player and can slot into the Canucks top, you know, six or top nine easily this season.
0: We're talking to Justin Pooney, he is the host of Locked on Canucks. And so I mentioned JT Miller. So let's get into that. Uh, your captain Bo Horvat and JT Miller, uh, your best player from a year ago are both going to be unrestricted free agents after this season. From what I understand, and you certainly know better than me, uh, the contract talks with Horvat are a little bit more progressive and and promising, and not so with JT Miller. So we saw in Calgary uh, what happened with a couple of very good players. Who uh, you know, one was a restricted, one unrestricted, and Johnny Gaudreau. But they let it play out uh, and thought that you know it would work out in the end, or kept their fingers crossed. Of course, it didn't. With Johnny Gaudreau, he decided to go to Columbus and shock everybody uh is there any fear that maybe this could be a similar type situation if if vancouver gets off to a good start and they're in the playoff hunt uh obviously you're not going to be looking to trade jt miller at the deadline and now you're like well how can we trade one of our best players and then you keep your fingers crossed at the end of the season uh just kind of talk about that whole situation and what your thoughts are on how how ultimately it will turn out
1: yeah so as you mentioned the we'll start with horde because i think that's a bit of an easier um Topic to discuss: already. The Horvat extension is going to get done. Um, all reports and indications out of Vancouver are that Horvat will resign. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be a bit of more of a longer term deal, and he'll take a bit of a, a bit of a haircut on a yearly salary to make sure he keeps that money. But you know, as we know, the Canucks are not the best cap compliant team right now. So um, I looked at what Ryan Nugent Hopkins signed in Edmonton last year, kind of a longer term deal, but lesser on the AAV. He's the leader of the Vancouver Canucks. He's the captain. Coming up a thirty goal year, he will be around for the long term. When you talk about JT Miller, I think every day you could ask and you can go to the streets of Vancouver right now, Eddie, and poll people and ask them how much they know about the JT Miller saga. And I'm I will I'm not for no word of a lie here. It is bigger than some of the hot button local issues uh, going on in Vancouver. This has been over this city for such a long time. And I think it's now at the point where there's all that fatigue of, okay, we're tired of hearing about it, whether he's going to come, whether he's going to be at training camp, whether he's going to get traded, what's going to happen. But back to the question, am I worried or do I think a situation uh, like Calgary could transpire? I do. I think more so with Miller. If they are in a playoff position, you're not going to trade him, like you said. You're going to let it ride out and let the chips fall where they may. And I don't think that's a bad option, right? It could be kind of telling the Canucks haven't traded JT Miller yet. Maybe they're holding out for too sweet of a deal, or maybe just the right deal isn't there, right? So if you hold JT Miller for the rest of the year and he doesn't and he decides to walk away, which he, well, in his right, could do, it's not the end of the world because you're still going to have more cap space. You have, you know, through this offseason, you have a decent amount of wingers that can fill a void. And I, like I said, the center void is one thing, but it'll be still, you still have Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat and all that so when I look at this it the Canucks there's either way you could go there's going to be people that are going to hate on it or that are going to love it so I'm on team Keith Miller I think the Canucks try to keep JT Miller he's been their best player over the last couple years um I just think if you trade him you're kind of punting on the season and it sends a bad message to the rest of the locker room uh so I'm team Keith Miller and let the chips fall where they may
0: more with Locked On Canucks host Justin Pooney in a moment. But first, if you would like to place a wager on uh, your favorite team to win the Stanley Cup next season, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, Combat Sports, Esports, even golf. Head to BetOnline or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. So we continue with Justin Pooney from Locked On Canucks, and uh, you mentioned it very briefly, but I know that the concern with the Vancouver Canucks continues to be uh, the back end. Uh, Quinn Hughes aside, uh, still some issues defensively with Vancouver. I assume that is, continues to be kind of the, the thing that you're looking at that uh, could be uh, the reason for the Canucks maybe not being a playoff team this, this year. Absolutely, absolutely. I think
1: when you look at um, the status of the NHL, you look at the teams that are the contending teams. You know, you look at the Colorado Avalanche, who have you know a stable of defensemen that are all the modern day defensemen. You know, you look at, starting with Kale McCarr, a guy who can skate the puck up the ice, can move the puck, is physical, uh, can play a 200 foot game, can log big minutes. Um, the Canucks have, you know, I'm not saying the Canucks have a Kale McCarr, but the Canucks' defense core or is the weak point. Yes, you have Quinn Hughes who is an outstanding NHL defenseman, who is a great offensive talent. On the defensive side, he still needs to do work. But after that, it falls off a cliff, in my personal opinion. Yes, Oliver Ekman, Larson, and Tyler Myers had decent seasons last year um, in a shutdown role. But when you look at those two guys, they're making almost a little bit over $13 million a year. Uh, they're not giving you a $13 million a year pairing output. Uh, Luke Shen. I love Luke Shen. I think he's a great... Uh, NHL journeyman, you know, very solid. Um, but he should not be playing with Quinn Hughes. Um, Quinn Hughes needs a guy um, that can play number one pairing minutes. The Canucks don't have that. So it's not going to happen this offseason. It's going to be a work in progress. Um, but as currently constituted, the Canucks, if they want to reach that cup contention status once again, the defense needs an overhaul. Um, the unfortunate thing is they just don't have the money. Uh, or the resources, quite frankly, to make to make that change, unless you can get something from a JT Miller deal, if that's out there.
0: Well, maybe the defense isn't a championship caliber, but it appears that uh, in net, you're you're in pretty good hands. And correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously you know a lot better than I do. It seems like Thatcher Demko's progression has kind of been on course. You know, he was a name that we had heard about as the future in net came in getting NHL experience and then finally last season gets his really first full season as the number one guy. And certainly at the very least held his own and showed that uh, he is a guy that can be uh, relied upon to be that number one goalie. Is that a fair assessment of, of his progress? Absolutely. Absolutely, Eddie. Um, I believe
1: Thatcher Demko uh, and actually did it on my episode yesterday uh, discussing on which Canucks need to step up the most next year. Uh, I want to see Thatcher Demko go from – He's proven he can be a legitimate number one goalie with a bullet. But I want to see him take the next step to be coming and entering that upper echelon of goaltending in the NHL. And I think he has all the skills to do so. Um, it was funny when there was just the discussions about what was going to happen with the Olympics and will the NHL players go. Uh, Thatcher Demko's name was not being mentioned for the starting, for one of the, not the starting position, but one of the goalies for the US Olympic team. And when you look at the United States, as you know, you're probably you guys are well aware down south. Um, you guys have a lot of good goalies. Well, Thatcher Demko is in that category with you know the Connor Hella Bucks, um, and the list goes forward. Thatcher Demko has the potential to be a Vesna caliber goalie, in my personal opinion. It's just a natural progression. I see he's got the mentality, he's got the skill set, he's got the body type. I believe Thatcher Demko can evolve into being an upper echelon goalie in the NHL. And if the Canucks want to make those moves going forward and ha- it's just another sense of confidence having that guy at the other end of the ice that can, you know, every night he gives us a chance to win and just gives the rest of your team some confidence to take a little bit extra risks, knowing that, hey, we have a guy back there that can save our bacon if we need to. So definitely the Canucks goaltending situation, even with Spencer Martin as the backup, isn't a very good situation. It is a playoff caliber goaltending situation we have here in Vancouver.
0: So kind of thumbnail it for me. uh, If the Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs, you know, this is going to happen. If they don't make the playoffs, X is going to happen. How do you look at that?
1: So also if they don't make the playoffs, um, it's just, I think management has an out because they can pin it all on the previous regime. They can Mm -hmm. say, well, look, our hands have been kind of tied behind our back with this cap situation that we were handed. We were handed basically the worst cap situation in the NHL. We had you know, a Luongo cap recapture penalty, which, again, people in LA might not know. The Canucks were yeah. still paying Roberto Luongo up until this year. So um, you have that. You have wow. the horrible anchor contracts from uh, you know the Louis Erickson's and the Connor and the Jason Dickinsons and the the Myers and the Ekman Larsens and the Tucker Pullmans and the the Michael Ferlins and the list goes on and on. The Canucks were in a bad cap situation, right? They still are. And if they don't make the playoffs for whatever reason—injuries, because that can happen, player performance, all that stuff—that management has an out, and they have the ability to say, "Hey, this is year one. We can. We're still rebuilding. This is just the pro- process of our." you know, progression to where we want to go. If they make the playoffs, well, then you have something to build forward positively. This city has been starving for something to happen ever since your Kings knocked us out in 2012 in the first round and kind of steamrolled us. You know, we were President's Trophy winners that year. And you guys I remember, yeah, <laughs> I remember very well, too. Um, I'm sure you steamrolled, do. steamrolled us in the first round. There's been nothing, nothing, nothing really positive for us to cheer about. And that's been what ten years now. Um, So again, if they make the playoffs, if the player, if the the young core of the Pedersen, the Hughes, and the Demko, they make that next step, this team will be a playoff team. The fan base will get behind it. It will just have finally something positive. Yes, we had a little run in the bubble, but I don't really count the bubble. Um, We have something positive to build for. These young players will get more playoff experience, and maybe, just maybe it convinces JT Miller to stay and we have something special going on going forward.
0: Well, I want to get your prediction. Do the Canucks make the playoffs and of, and also your thoughts on the Pacific division. I know we had a locked on NHL hosts uh, poll uh, mm-hmm. where we voted on the Pacific division. Uh, the Canucks were not in the top three of that poll. Um, it does seem like it's uh, the two Alberta teams and there was some, obviously some big news recently for the Flames. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Connor McDavid, obviously in Edmonton and the Kings are, are in the mix as well. Having made the playoffs last year and, and taking uh, a step forward that maybe people thought was sooner than expected. Um, so do, what is your thoughts just on the on the who's going to make the playoffs? Will the Canucks be involved and, and will the Pacific? I know a lot of people say it's the worst of the four divisions. Does the Pacific get four teams in this year and not just three?
1: Well, I'll tell you this. The Pacific will have four teams uh, in the playoffs this year. Uh, we saw what Calgary did today, of course. Big move getting uh, Na- uh, Naz Qadri. Um, I think Calgary is in a win now move for the next two to three years. But after that, those contracts are not going to look very good. So when I look at the Pacific Division, I have the Oilers at number one. Um, I actually have the Kings at number two. Um, even with these moves by the Flames, It's all a lot of moving pieces. We don't know if they're going to fit. Who knows what's going to happen, right? I have the Flames at number three. Uh, Then I have the Canucks at four. So kind of on par with what the Lockdown Now host did. Uh, Do I see the Canucks potentially you know, keeping in that top three? Yeah, if all things go well, it could definitely happen. But realistically, I think they're the fourth best team in the Pacific and a wild card team. Um, I just don't think Vegas has the depth anymore. Uh, they've been giving away assets left, right, and center uh, with their cap structure, and in there, Robin Leonard's out with an injury now. So the depth's on in Vegas. So I think the Canucks are the fourth team in the Pacific. It's going to be a battle between them, LA, and Calgary uh, for those, you know, those final two playoff spots. I think Edmonton kind of wins this division. I uh, know they showed up their goaltending. So between the Kings, Canucks, and Flames, those three teams will fight uh, for the top, uh, the second and third spot. And I think the Canucks take the fourth seed. Uh, and uh, clinch a wild card spot and make
0: the playoffs. And uh, well, just one final thought for you. I know it's, it's a bit exciting uh, for the Canucks this year. You've got The Sedin twins going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, I certainly feel old now knowing that I've seen them get drafted, play their whole careers and now go into the Hall of Fame uh, while I've been a hockey fan. Um, Also, Roberto Luongo, I know he's, um, you know, finished his career with Florida and now is a member of their front office, but longtime Canuck as well that he's going into the Hall of Fame. So the, the, the Hall of Fame has a very Vancouver flavor to it this year, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, this uh, I said it when the news first came. This is the greatest, that was the greatest day in Vancouver Canucks history. And when they that induction ceremony takes place in Toronto, I guess in the fall, it will be the greatest day in Vancouver Canucks history because it legitimized the fact that those teams in the you know the late 2000s, early 2010s, was the best era of Canucks hockey we've ever seen. Um, Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Great on ice, you know, players as we know, MVP scoring chance, but even better off the ice, just people wise. Roberto Luongo, I don't care what people say that he's a Florida Panther, to me, he's a Vancouver Canuck because that's uh, where he played his most important hockey and that's where he was on the game's biggest stage. Um, so yeah, it was a great day to be a Canucks fan that day for the first time in a long time. Uh, kind of, so we were able to stick our chest out and kind of pump it out um but definitely it was a great day and i'm looking forward to the induction ceremony come this fall uh, to see three of my you know favorite canucks of all time uh, enter the hockey hall of fame
0: justin it's been great to talk to you really appreciate uh, your knowledge on the team uh and if you guys want to check out uh, locked on canucks make sure you do that and Uh, see all the great work that Justin does over there. Uh, It's been fun getting to talk to some of the other uh, locked-on hosts from the Pacific Division as we're doing this and getting to know you guys and getting to learn more about your team. So really appreciate your time, Justin. Uh, Great, great uh, stuff, and, and we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Eddie, and hopefully do this during the season. All right. Thanks, Justin. Uh, Before we close things out, I do want to remind you uh, that you uh, need to check out Locked On NHL. It has you covered for all your league-wide NHL talk with a rotating cast of local hosts on the Locked On NHL channel. Breaking down the biggest stories in hockey five days a week, subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Hey, thank you for joining us. Uh, If you want to keep up to date on this show and what's going on with the LA Kings, please follow us on Twitter. We are at locked on LA Kings. If you'd like to send me an email about anything that we ever talk about or anything that's on your mind involving this show or the Kings, the email address is locked on Eddie, E D D I E at gmail.com locked on Eddie at gmail.com. Thanks for making locked on LA Kings. Your first listen every day. Now make your second listen locked on NHL locked on experts. Give you a daily 30 minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world, locked on NHL, your daily 30 minute, nhl podcast again thank you very much for listening and for watching uh locked on la kings i'm eddie garcia reminding you as always go kings go